Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. everyone. Welcome back to the Creation Innovation. Today we have Jennifer Edmonds. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Elizabeth. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me. She is a Pilates yoga meditation and breathwork teacher. She specializes in women's health and fertility. She has had years of professional and personal experience. She's a mom of two and went through her own long journey of fertility challenges and IVF. She now partners with physiotherapists, nutritionists, naturopaths, and mindset coaches to understand the best tools to help her students on their path to motherhood. Well, I cannot wait to have this conversation because I feel like there's so much overlap of things that I love as well. Me too. So how did you, was it your fertility journey that got you on this path or were you already into Pilates and yoga and meditation and all the things and then fertility came into the mix? What came first? So I started teaching Pilates in 2009. So that was a while back now. And it was something that I never really saw myself doing, but it was such a big thing that I enjoyed practicing myself. So it slowly, you know, more and more took over my life and I ended up teaching full-time and I did a lot of clinical work and I specialized in working with women who are pre and postnatal as well. So the fertility stuff didn't really come into it until I was on my own journey as well. So we got married when I was 33 and we were both, you know, relatively young, healthy. We had no reason to suspect we'd have any fertility problems, but uh, sadly that wasn't quite how things worked out for us. And I had both primary and secondary infertility for slightly different reasons, which is endlessly frustrating, but it was the second journey that was the one that really broke me, that was much longer and much more difficult. And when we were going through IVF to have my my second child, we got through a round at the beginning of 2020 and uh, both of the embryos that we had, those transfers weren't successful. And the day after that last transfer hadn't worked, we went into lockdown over COVID mm. and all of the clinics in my city shut down, as did most of them around the world, really. And we thought that was it for us and that we probably wouldn't get another chance to try. Um, By that stage, I was about 38. And um, we just thought, you know, well, we have one beautiful child. We'll just make peace with that. And it was sort of a a weird cliche thing to say that I found yoga at this time. But I had a, a colleague that I used to work with who said to me, look, Jen, I don't know if you're interested But I have a friend who teaches this thing called fertility yoga. She's had some really great success with people. Do you want to give it a try? And we were in lockdown. My studio was closed, so I couldn't go to work. We didn't have many other things on. So I thought, look, what have I got to lose? And I was never into yoga. You know, I was an athlete growing up. I was very much into Pilates and exercise science and I found yoga incredibly boring. You know, you'd be lying there at the end of a class doing nothing. And I think, what a waste of time. Can we do some push-ups? Can we do some playing something? This is my hour where I need to work out. Why are we just lying around? I just 
didn't get it. But I found this incredible woman who offered fertility yoga and it was a wonderful way of matching practices around your menstrual cycle. And again, this sounds so cliche, but I just fell in love with it. You know, it was the one thing that I hadn't done after years of struggling with fertility. You know, I was very much... Did you have a diagnosis, Jennifer? Oh gosh, I had a whole bunch. Um, We had, I had very low AMH, high FSH levels. I had partially blocked fallopian tubes. I had a thyroid condition. I had a really short luteal phase, so progesterone deficiencies. And my husband's results were a bit suboptimal as well. So all of that together was... (laughs) not ideal and you know doctors had always told me look it's it's not going to happen for you IVF is your only answer so you know we had my first order through IVF and I thought that that was the only way I was ever going to fall pregnant but after practicing these sequences that this lovely teacher had put together for me some little things started changing in my life you know I started to sleep better I'd wake up feeling less miserable and less of a sense of dread about the day, which I'm sure a lot of people who struggle with fertility can relate to. I think I became a bit nicer to my husband. Mm -hmm. I found it easier to be more present with my daughter and sort of less guilty and worried about giving her a sibling and all those things that come with secondary infertility as well. And in July of 2020, I fell pregnant naturally. And we were shocked uh, to, as an understatement. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I couldn't believe it had happened. And, you know, everything looked great. My hormone levels were rising. I started getting morning sickness. But sadly, we lost that baby when I was eight weeks. And mm, whilst okay. this was, thank you, it was a really hard time. Don't get me wrong. I, I was devastated. There was something playing at the back of my mind. You know, I knew that I had done something that no doctor told me was possible. And I knew I could do it again, but um, I wanted to learn why. I wanted to learn why something as simple as a yoga practice had had such a profound impact on my health and my fertility and my overall life, really. So I decided to become a yoga teacher. I retrained. I started my 500-hour teacher training. And one of the the very few (laughs) benefits of COVID was that all of the fitness and the wellness industry basically took their businesses online. So I was able to train and work with these incredible teachers from around the world that I probably never would have had access to previously. So I found a school offering fertility yoga teacher training and I dove into all of it. And then at the very, very, very end of 2020, just before Christmas, I fell pregnant again. And that little boy is two. (laughs) Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I just thought that there was so much more to these practices than I'd ever given them credit for. And it was something I really wanted to share with the world. So that's what I do now. And I guess that's what brings me here today. Amazing. So what you had learned around the fertility yoga, was it something that was a light switch for you of like, oh my gosh, this is what it is that I need to be doing and or teaching people in order to help their bodies adjust? Or is it a combination of all the things? There's a bit of a slow burn. You know, when I first started, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, you sit down to meditate and you find it frustrating and you get irritable and you just can't switch your mind off. And I found that 
was my whole case when I was trying to sit down and you know, get into a calming yoga practice. But um, it took probably two or three weeks of, you know, and I'm very, like I said, a very type A person, whereas give me all of the things to do and I will do it. I will follow all the instructions. So I was like, great, right. I've got to do my practice every day. So I did about two or three weeks into that something did start to change and I just felt that I looked forward to these moments where I get to cut out all the noise and I didn't have to worry about the future I didn't have to stress about my cycle that month and what was going on I just got to be in the moment and I got to breathe and I got to rest and they were things that I had never done or thought to do while I was trying to conceive for so many years so it crept up on me you know and really like I said before it wasn't something that I ever gave any credit to or thought was something that I would enjoy Mm -hmm. so when I started noticing these smaller changes in my life that's when I really started to get hooked so yeah it wasn't quite a light bulb but it was definitely a very slow light that just got brighter and brighter as I went along so for somebody who's listening that's trying to conceive who is looking for that last thing that they need to try that they haven't, because that's what I would always say. If somebody told me to stand on my head and turn around three times, I would do it, right? Exactly what you said. Give me the list and I'll do all the things. What would you suggest to somebody to start doing to get on that path? I think the first thing I want to note when you bring that up is that With all of my students, the very last thing I want to do is give them something else to do. And I think that's really important because, you know, you're taking the 25 supplements, you're going to acupuncture, you've got all these holistic appointments, it's endless. And the idea of, gosh, now I have to spend another hour of my day doing yoga, I don't think that's helpful at all. And it certainly wouldn't have been for me. But the way I try to reframe it is that having, and it doesn't have to be a yoga practice, it can be... 10 minutes of meditation. It can be five minutes of deep breathing, something that gives you back some space in your life and something that brings some calm to your world. And I like to get people to start with small, short practices and just start to get a routine going, see what some consistency can do for them. And gosh, 99% of the time they start to realize that the benefits are there. And it was, like I said, the one thing they hadn't been doing was this idea of slowing down and just giving themselves a moment to breathe. Mm -hmm. So I would say to people, start small. Let's take 10 minutes out of your day. What can we do in 10 minutes? We can do some deep breathing for five minutes and we can do some meditation for another five. See how that feels. Maybe we want to do a 15 minute yoga practice where we start to move the body and incorporate the breath a little bit as well. See how that feels. And if it's something that starts to resonate with you, then that's how we try to expand and get a little bit deeper into things. And it really does have that cumulative effect for a lot of scientific reasons as well. Mm-hmm. And people really do get hooked the way I did. <laughs> So tell us about that kind of building on itself, because I think a lot of people start to feel like, okay, it's been a week that I've been doing this. I don't really feel any different. I'm going to go back to whatever I was doing before or watching Netflix, you know, because this isn't working for me. So what, what are the benefits of continuing to stick with it, so to speak? Mm. When you have been 
trying to conceive for a long time and it's been difficult. And I think it's very safe to say that it's really traumatic for a lot of women as well, especially when you start going down the route of IVF and you've been through so many procedures and pregnancy loss and embryo loss and all of these things. It has an overwhelming effect on your nervous system and your stress levels. And there's, you know, this horrible vicious cycle where, you know, stress doesn't cause infertility, but infertility does cause stress. And that then in turn makes it more difficult to regulate and synchronize your hormones, get your cycle more balanced, and then of course, eventually conceive. And when you've been in this state of fight or flight, so this stressful state for a long, long time, what your brain is recognizing is I'm not in a safe place to conceive. You know, I'm prioritizing getting away from a predator. I'm prioritizing um, freezing still in case a predator comes by and doesn't notice me. You know, everything that you are going through is telling your brain now is not a safe place for you to be in. But the incredible thing about yoga and meditation and breath work is that it brings the awareness back to the present moment and into your breath. And in using these tools, what we can do is start to, first of all, control the breath. And I think that's one of the most beneficial and easiest things that you can do to start regulating your nervous system. But it slows the release of your stress hormones. So your adrenals will stop pumping out cortisol and adrenaline and norepinephrine, all of these hormones that get you ready to either run or fight or freeze. And I just want to point out to that, that when our body is in that state, it knows not to conceive, right? This is not a safe time because I might be attacked at any moment or whatever it is. Those signals are there to protect our body. So the importance of sticking with that to regulate that is so important. So, so true. And I can expand on that just a little bit more as a quick tangent. The hormone cortisol in particular, when pumped out in large doses over a long period of time frequently, really affects the body's ability to produce progesterone. And we all know progesterone is incredibly important for ovulation and implantation. And we notice if you've been in a stressful state for a long time, your cycle tends to go out of whack. You know, ovulation isn't regular. Your luteal phase tends to be very uneven. So that is a very like clear and obvious reason why it affects Mm -hmm. fertility over a long period of time. So being able to remind your brain that you're safe and that you can come back to your breath when you're taking slow, long, deep breaths, it's impossible for your brain to recognize danger because if you were in a stressful, dangerous situation, you'd be breathing quickly, your heart rate would be increasing and you wouldn't be getting in as much much oxygen. So that is a wonderful place to start. But it's worth noting as well that when you have been in this state of fight or flight for a long period of time, your brain just hasn't had that chance to rest. It does take a lot of reminders for your brain to recognize that it is safe. So that's why these practices are cumulative and it takes more than a week. It takes more than two weeks, you know, just being able to find 10 minutes a day initially, then maybe increasing that, maybe 10 minutes twice a day. It really has huge flow on benefits for your overall health and fertility. Amazing. And for the yoga itself and the yoga poses specifically to fertility, I know a lot of people Google fertility poses for yoga and whatnot and 
try to do those on their own, which I'm sure in and of itself is beneficial to a degree. But also I think that a lot of these ancient practices, shall we call them, have lots of evidence that they work, right? Hence the fact that we now have specific poses for not only fertility, but other ailments and things like that, that have been studied for thousands of years, really. So can you tell us a little bit about fertility specifically with yoga? Well, I have to point out, first of all, that it is not some fancy new form of yoga that I've invented or that anyone else has invented. Right, when you right. see a fertility yoga class, it wouldn't actually look that much different to what you would see in, say, a normal fertility yoga class, a normal yoga class, sorry. But the way that the practices are different is that we match what we are doing to each phase of the menstrual cycle. So what that looks like is, for example, when you are menstruating, we have a beautiful restorative practice. So it looks a lot like laying around on cushions, and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much exactly what it is. It's Mm -hmm. a way to relieve tension in the pelvis, allow the uterus to do what it needs to do, because it is actually working enormously hard to shed the previous month's cycle. Mm -hmm. It opens up the hips to just allow that blood flow to release a little bit more easily. And we want to be able to find really calming postures because it is a time where your body is working very hard and your energy and hormone levels are also very low. So we want to support and conserve as much energy as possible. Then as you move through your follicular phase and up to ovulation, we start to increase the intensity intensity, sorry, and the energy within the practice. So here's where you'll see a lot more standing poses, a lot more of that more vinyasa flow style where we move from one to the next. And what we're trying to do here is increase that blood flow and circulation throughout the body. There are specific poses that we do as well to regulate that blood flow towards the reproductive organs. So we're supporting the ovaries as we get towards ovulation and the uterus as we're building up to hopefully support implantation there as well. And then as we get past ovulation and into the luteal phase, so hopefully this is where you are pregnant and that's where we start to scale the practice back a little bit as well. So we're not completely still. We are still moving and flowing through gentle poses, but we bring the intensity back down and we want to really focus on those restorative poses once again to help regulate that nervous system. So get you into that rest and digest state. As we were talking about before, that place where your brain goes, oh, this is a great time to conceive. Yes, you know, we can start to to recognize that that's possible. So that's how we kind of move the practice around the menstrual cycle. And that's what makes it quite unique. But like I said, there are more specific poses. You know, for example, we do malasana, which is a deep squat to help support ovulation and really pull that energy downwards when it's time for that egg to be released. We do a lot of inversions. So an inversion is where your hips are higher than your heart. This can look like a downward dog. It can look like a bridge pose. We don't tend to do a lot of the uh, very fancy acrobatic poses Mm -hmm. that you probably might see on Instagram. That's not what fertility yoga is about. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with any of that, but really our practice is not about finding the most challenging pose possible and working up towards it. That's not really what we're aiming for. So, you know, the inversions are gentle. They're generally not the crazy handstands. Um, And all of these have really specific and unique benefits to enhance your fertility. 
Well, I would say too, having now being a, someone who is not looking to conceive, that's the perfect type of workout for anybody who's cycle syncing, right? Not necessarily just trying to enhance their fertility in that way of conceiving a baby, but keeping their hormones regulated and syncing with their cycle and any sort of workout, which we talk about all the time with how you go about your day in the different cycles that you're in. So I love that in so many ways because it's not only a good practice to stay in when you are in that place in your life, but after and before for that yeah, matter. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said before, I had a terrible cycle. You know, my hormones were all over the place. My ovulation would be day nine one month, day 18 the next month. And my luteal phase was sometimes nine days, sometimes 11. It was all over the shop. Um, but even now in my early 40s, I practice just like I explained before, even though I'm not trying to conceive anymore. And my cycle is more regular than it ever has been. And I wish I had learned about these practices and this idea of cycle syncing earlier, but it wasn't mm -hmm. until I found fertility yoga that I kind of stumbled across it. So let's hope that uh, the next generation learn this a hell of a lot sooner than we did. Absolutely. Where can people find you and learn more about what you're doing and work with you? Sure. So you can find me via my website, which is elementpilatesyoga.com. I probably spend most of my time through Instagram if you want to connect with me there as well. I have a lovely community there and uh, yeah, lots of fun comment and tips and things like that. And I also have a free fertility yoga guide. So if you are new to these practices and you want to jump in and start trying them for yourself, you can grab a copy of that through my Instagram as well, or I can provide you with the link. And is everything you do online, Jennifer? Yes, absolutely. So I do teach in-person events in Sydney and Australia. So if you do live close by, please let me know and you can come to my next one. But no, 95% of my work is all done online now. Um, all my students are from, gosh, North America, Europe, UK, Asia, the Middle East, um, everywhere. So it's uh, something, again, that we've been lucky to take online. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing all your wisdom around meditation, breath work, fertility yoga, all the things. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.